The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, let's get then into our conversation for this hour. Uh, we're going to be speaking to entrepreneurs, technology entrepreneurs that, of course, have created businesses that have solved some of the social problems that we have in our country. Let me invite onto the show Dr. Aisha Pando, co-founder and CEO of Sweep South. Dr. Pando, good morning. Morning, Kathy. Thanks for having us. Rapelang Rabana is founder and chair of Rekindle Learning. Uh, Rapelang, good morning to you. Hi there, Kathy. Firstly, just going through the work that both of you have done, um, where your respective careers are concerned, the innovations you've come up with that have led to even uh, some of the breakthrough projects you're working on today, is incredible uh, the the level of excellence that you have applied to your work over the years um, I think speaks for itself Aisha let me perhaps kick it off with you what has it taken for you to be where you are today Uh, so I think I mean Kathy I think like all all careers there are lots of steps that have led to to where we are today um, you know, my background is uh, is is not um, in computer science uh, or or even um, primarily business. So I have a background in uh, genetics with a doctorate in that field, uh, but had left academia and um, biological sciences to to work in uh, in the business space, and I really wanted to. Um, build businesses which help to solve some of the uh, broader challenges that South Africa faces, which ultimately led to us um, starting uh, Sweep South, where we we help um, you know home services providers with access to to work opportunities. It's a big problem that South Africans have faced for years and year, for years and years. Uh, you talk about mm. it as home services. We're talking here, mm. of course, about services that include domestic workers um, that people mm. can really just get on hand and know that this is an individual who can be trusted with being brought into one's home and will deliver a quality service. Yeah, so we work with a, a two-sided marketplace. On the one hand, we have customers who are using uh, technology, so an app and website to to book these services. And on the other hand, very crucial to to what we do and very core to our mission is around access to you know using this technology to provide access to work opportunities for. Um, home service providers. And as you say, that's primarily domestic workers and primarily women. And, you know, this is an industry, I mean, we've seen um, the latest unemployment figures in South Africa. And if you look at the quarterly labor force survey uh, over the first quarter of the year, this is an industry which is particularly susceptible uh, susceptible to, um, you know, just flows and 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 changes in the number of people employed within the industry so um the industry lost almost 100,000 jobs over the last quarter so um there's a strong social element to to the work that we do as well and then of course you know domestic work is an industry that has been subject to abuse and exploitation and underpayment for for centuries not just in South Africa but around the world 
And so that's also really, really core to what we do is trying to to use the way that we um, that we employ technology in in our solution to also help uh, drive up the the ability for workers in this industry to earn more and to be treated better. Rappelang, what does it take to be described as a serial technology entrepreneur? <laughs> Kathy, I think it takes a lot of uh, naivety and lots of energy too. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, along the journey, um, I've just fallen in love with the idea that you can use technology to create solutions um, to the everyday sort of challenges that we have in society um, and use it in a way, not just, you know, like a tool, but also a way to sort of express how you believe the world should be working. You know, Aisha's story is always very fascinating for me that, you know, the, this kind of solution of Sweep South really meant much more in the South African context than than most other contexts because it's it's our reality and um, there, were, there were so many challenges in the market before. And being able to use technology to say, actually, we can organize our societies better, we can organize our lives better if we believe that, you know, the way we see the world will be better for everyone. I think it's an incredibly powerful thing. And, and that's what's gotten me addicted to the space. I, I wasn't a natural technologist coming out. I accidentally started studying computer science um, and after much terror and uh, horror looking at what the content entailed, I decided to push through in the end because of this ability to be able to create and inject things into reality that may not have existed before. Um, and from there, it's just been a lot of perseverance and stamina. I think I've, I've chosen the, the challenges or the struggle, I like to say, that really suits who I am um, and makes it easier to, I guess, push through the the long and tedious struggles um, as an entrepreneur that you experience. Yeah. One of the things, of course, about you, Rapelang, is the fact that it's very clear that post your, um, your studies, you were always intent on starting something up yourself and not necessarily going into uh, the marketplace and, and trying to find a job. And I want you to tell us sort of where, where that came from, um, at least when you look at uh, other facets of your life that may have contributed to you taking that position. We're going to take a quick break. We'll continue the conversation with Aisha and Rapelang after this. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We continue our conversation looking at two pioneering women in the technology entrepreneur space, and that is Dr. Aisha Pando and Rapelang Rabana. So, Rapelang, I was talking about your first startup straight out of completing your studies. What made you go that route? <laughs> it is definitely one of the most popular questions, Kathy, and. Mm. I, I always try and reflect and feel what I was feeling at the time. Um, and for me, it was a, a case of deciding that my most valuable assets at this point in time are my time and attention. And I felt that I didn't have the agency to be able to direct that through any of the, the job opportunities that um, would be available to me. I, I felt that I had, you know, done all of the right things, um, finished school on time, you know, didn't didn't fall pregnant and take, get onto drugs and all of these things. And 
I felt like now I deserve a right to actually decide how I spend my time and, and what I give my attention to. Um, and entrepreneurship came through up in conversations of how else can we do something other than corporate? Um, and it, it wasn't necessarily a concept I had appreciated fully before, but luckily there were a couple of classmates who were having the same conversations for, for other reasons. Um, and for me, it gave me an avenue to decide, actually, we, have, we can identify a problem that we think is interesting and important to solve, and we can dedicate our time to it. Um, and that's how we started Yego in terms of solving the high telecommunications costs that we were facing as students at the time um, who were using please call me's all the time to communicate and looking at how we could do internet calls, essentially what is now so commonplace in WhatsApp calls and the like. Um, and and that's, that's what kind of started it, the sense that we could solve our own challenges and we would be able to spend our time doing things that we finally decided were interesting and important. And, and that's what I was just really aching for um, at that point in my life, that that prompted that direction. Aisha, um, I would also say yeah. that maybe, mm -hmm. go, go ahead, Rappelang, go ahead, apologies. Sure. No worries, no worries. Um, maybe I would also say that I know it sort of seemed, or many people will say it seemed risky, but in my mind, I figured, you know, I'm, I'm young, I can learn. Um, surely if I work on something for the next few decades, eventually I can figure something out. Um, and just to give myself the, the space and the right to explore. It's actually one of the best times to take risk, right? Because at that point, as you grow, you realize your, your responsibility only increases. It doesn't decrease. Mm. Aisha, when we look at technological innovations and um, we can talk about Sweep South, it is a very simple solution to a big problem that South Africans in particular uh, have been struggling with for a long time. And sometimes when one looks at technological innovations, including the likes of Uber and there are many others, right? You think, well, I could have thought of this, you know, why didn't I think when I was having a problem with getting a domestic worker that I should, you know, come up with a platform where they can all meet? Yeah. So, so there is a kind of thinking, right, that I think one applies that leads to innovation and not, doesn't just end with the fact that I have this problem and, and I don't know how to fix it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, I think that mindset is is so crucial. And and I think, you know, this sort of idea of let me let me build something to to address the you know, the problems that either I have or, you know, and the things that just grate me in my own life or just some of the, the problems that I see around me in, in society. Um, and I think, you know, we're at a, so we, Rappelang spoke about timing and, and in terms of age. And I also think timing now in terms of where we are uh, in terms of how, how accessible technology is to, to people means that you know all of us can be can be builders and can you know can can think about what are like if i went from when i wake up in the morning uh, to when i go to bed at night what are the things that just you know make me think why is this 
why is this not better? This frustrates me. This is, you know, this is a problem that I keep on encountering again and again and again. And um, yeah, you know, we can all be experts in in a domain and it doesn't have to be something that that seems very sort of um you know sophisticated in terms of the 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 problem and the solution um and and i just i you know i wish that more young south africans were were able to think in that way where you we view ourselves as as um agents of of solving problems uh, rather than um people who are um, you know, subject to the the impact of of problems, um, because then I just you know I think that there's there's so much opportunity. I think you know when when you live in in situations where there are multiple challenges, those things just become opportunities for you to to be someone who's contributing to a solution, but also hopefully um, you know a way that you're you're able to um, you know generate income and and potentially wealth. So, uh, so yeah, I, I really, you know, I, I, I always try and kind of promote that, um, that problem solver mentality, um, in my own life and with the people that I work with, um, and and again, you know, hopefully more and more young uh, South Africans are inspired by people who are building businesses in the country to to think in that way as well. Yeah, but pro- problem solving is 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 at the heart of it. But I do think that uh, the things that the likes of you and Rapelang do that help distinguish um, the the solutions you come up with from perhaps ideas and thoughts that that mm, others may yeah. may have come up with before. And that's part of what I also want to get from you because I know mm-hmm. that we have so many South Africans that are brilliant, that have great ideas. But it's really about saying, how do you translate this idea into something that can actually be a meaningful, commercially viable product that that, that others can, can buy into, which is, again, something that the two of you have done so well. We're going to take the yeah, 1030 yeah. News headlines, and then, Rappelang, I'll come back to you. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. We're leading the conversation on SAFM right here on the Talking Point. And today we're talking to uh, technology entrepreneurs, Dr. Aisha Pando and Rapelang Rabana. So Rapelang, I wanted to come to you again just on this issue of really building ideas into products. It's a process, right? And what are the challenges that you have had to face as you went through um, the various businesses that that you have built and and perhaps meaningful advice that you think our listeners Mm -hmm. can benefit from? Yeah, you know, building an idea into a product today is so much easier, Kathy, than it was (laughs) 15 years ago. I'm incredibly jealous of what young people have today. Um, I would say that what was crucial at the time was the fact that we actually built skills and capabilities in the area that we were going to start our business in. So it wasn't a case that we imagined that we could find someone who could do this product for us, which I think is a a flaw that happens quite often with with many young entrepreneurs. You've got to, as the founder of your business, you've got to be able to address the core requirements of what it takes to deliver the service off the bat. And the idea that you can outsource it to someone right from the beginning isn't really effective or, or sustainable. 
So I would say that whatever your life journey, you know, experience has taken you and your co-founders, you need to leverage that and not go into an area where you have no ability to apply the skills and knowledge you have gained so far. Um, and that alone will, will really determine <clears throat> how easy it is to go forward. What I'll also say, though, today is that with the amazing no-code tools available to be able to build websites, you know, simple apps, um, chatbots, et cetera, the need to be a highly technical uh, proficient co-founder or founder isn't as imperative in the beginning stages. There are companies today that, you know, have launched their products using no-code tools where you don't build by writing code, but more by, you know, moving objects around on a screen to create your, your application that have gone on to secure hundreds of thousands of users and the funding that then allowed them to, you know, perhaps hire the resources that they would then need. But those entrepreneurs still used their own skills and knowledge to get through that initial battle of validating that business idea, getting customers and demonstrating that there's legs to this initiative. And that will always remain the responsibility of the entrepreneur. And I want to emphasize that because I feel today too many young people expect that someone is going to come and has the responsibility of making that idea a reality when, when it is always up to you. It's your dream. <laughs> You've got to fight for it. And, and, and it takes a, a lot of blood, sweat and tears, uh, you know, to, to get ideas going. That's, that's part of the, of the realities of, of life. 100%. And the idea is really just the 10% of the work. And, and execution is 90%, which is why you've got to be able to apply everything that you know, everything that you are to try and move things forward. Um, and when I think young people focus on how what it takes to actually execute and believing that they can learn what it takes to execute, then then getting to from idea to product um, will be a lot easier. Um, but as long as you're waiting for someone to come and build it for you, to come and give you the money to hire someone to build it for you and, and those kinds of concepts, you will always be stuck. Um, Aisha, you also do do some work in, in the mentorship space and, and, and I want to get your insights on, on sort of what what you have seen and, and again, you know, the lessons that, that you can share with our listeners. But perhaps moving a bit out of South Africa and taking more of a global perspective, you spent four months in Silicon Valley as, as part of this uh, 500 Startups Accelerator program. What did that teach you about where South Africa is, where the world is? Um, so, I mean, quite a few lessons. I think um, the one thing that that really struck us about that experience was this kind of can-do uh, attitude where young people were just incredibly empowered to both, like, envision a world that looked like X, you know, whatever it is, and then, and then build that world. Um, and and also to um, like just you know the confidence that people had. Um, and I I felt that there, I mean I feel like there are many people with with talent and and skills in South Africa. But I think it was just you know this 
people were just confident and they just went out there and 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 built and i think you know the way that that rapper lang says you know no one's going to come and 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 do it for you um there was very much this just like young hacker attitude uh, i think the the other thing was also the the amount of support uh, available to to entrepreneurs in terms of ecosystems uh, peer networks with other entrepreneurs um a really broad investment ecosystem um lots of you know accelerator and incubator programs um funding across the spectrum from very very early stage to later stage funding and then um also you spoke about mentorship Kathy and, and um having access to mentors who had started businesses um prior that had become successful and that was something that when we started in 2014 you know we we struggled with the tech industry was very early um in fact rapelang and and yego their first company were one of the early examples and one of the the few examples that you know i could think of at the time of uh you know young people you know, in a very typical kind of silicon valley way um getting together and you know acting like hackers and and building a business and in fact she was one of the people that i was very very inspired by and particularly you know as a as a woman and a and a young black woman in the space so so i think those were those were some of the things but i must also say that there's been huge progress in uh, the tech ecosystem and and landscape in south africa over that time as well and so it's been encouraging to also see us um you know we still we still just by virtue of uh the maturity of the industries we're not where silicon valley is but really have a lot of progress in in the industry you've you've mentioned the issue of of support and empowerment rapelang those issues speak to access right that if there isn't access to certain spaces then even if i do have a good idea um that that's all that that it will remain it's a yes and a no for me um mm. kathy mm. yes you know having the opportunities like to join the 500 startups program in silicon valley is an incredible opportunity and certainly opens uh, many many doors but i also um have the view that when you create a product that uh, meaningfully solves um your end users or customers needs you don't need another door opener um and when we focus much more on validating our products and services to meaningfully address a customer's need it's those are that's that's your best channel to growth and market not necessarily a third party saying you're great so people come and buy that these people's products it's 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 that's not actually the way most businesses grow most businesses get the validation and and meaningful value add right um and that's how we should focus on growth in my mind mm. and if you think about what we would be able to create today and use social media platforms um to to get visibility and access i think it's it's really changed the game it's not 2006 where it's it's very hard to to produce an app that you can you know get people to pay for their credit card on which is you know the yego days it's not the case where you have to um be able to spend hundreds of thousands of rands to be able to get on an online platform and people to see your product access has also changed fundamentally and i don't want to suggest that 
it's it's uh it's it's still as close to group as it was 15 years ago um I, i'm i'm listening to to to, to that answer rapelang and I'm thinking, you know, uh, I mean, of course, the, the 500 uh, accelerator, accelerator uh, program is pitching it at a very high level, right? So mm. in my mind, I'm thinking of just um, a young person in South Africa who either is from a township in Gauteng, mm. relative mm. access perhaps to free Wi-Fi um, zones if they're coming to, to Joburg e every once in a while or perhaps even in some of their areas and I'm saying how do we help them see the link between their ideas and what they think they can do versus having it materialize into um, something a lot more tangible and a lot more profitable. Maybe let's take a simple example, Kathy. So, you know, I've got a I've got a hairdressing lady and you know, she does really great condos and braids, etc. And I know she struggles to find, you know, enough customers, etc. Um, and I'm thinking that if you're really truly passionate about the kind of work that you can do, why, you know, are you not leveraging a platform like Instagram or TikTok to be able to you know, teach or connect with an audience, maybe tell them, define, um, give us new language about how you should define certain new hairstyles, for example. Talk to us about how you can, you know, do it in a way that is protective to your scalp or something. Show us the new, you know, styles that you're coming up with, per se. I, I do think that, you know, even that person has a tremendous amount of expertise that remains in, within themselves and, and not shared. Whereas, you know, the Americans will ferment a grape and call it wine and give it fancy names and create a whole category of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. You won't find that of um, just the, the, the with the volume of African hairstyles, I'm still flabbergasted that there's such poor language to describe it, mm. to find someone who can do X or B or D um, and, and give it you know, a category of its own that is something that should be respected as an expertise. Oh, that's actually a, a really uh, interesting example uh, that, that, you, that you've chosen, chosen there, Rappelang. Aisha, come in here. Yeah, you know, and I think, I think often um, part of what can be um, intimidating is, is looking at businesses on, at year 10, or even at year three, four, or five, and thinking that that is where you need to start as an entrepreneur who is trying to use technology to leverage or increase your, your solution or business. But in many cases, it can be very simple. You know, so, so as Rapalang says, using social media, um, using uh, you know, WhatsApp as a platform, and, and thinking about these tools that other people have built as platforms that you can use to to grow your business um you know you can you can set up a a shopify site um you know and and all of these things free wi-fi is is access to knowledge uh, any you know, the knowledge of the world and with enough exposure to their how-tos for all of these things 
And if you have time, which young people have a lot of, and as I get older, I sort of, you know, I, I think about all of the, the, the productive things that I could have and should have been doing uh, while I was at, at high school and, and at university. But, you know, young people, that's one thing that they have abundance of time. And so you can learn these skills, um, you know, within a few days or weeks. How do you set up a Shopify site if you've got something to sell? Um, you know, how do you put put up videos on 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 um, on social media on YouTube to to advertise what it is that you're doing? And I think again, sometimes um, you sort of get fooled into looking at entrepreneurs who are further along in the journey and forgetting that in most cases people start with an MVP, a minimal viable product that looks nothing like the business that you see when you see it in the press, and and often that solution is very hacky, very ugly. <laughs> you know, very manual um, and is, <laughs> mm. is, you know, something that has been built upon and iterated on many, many times mm. to, to get to, to, you know, what, what people see when, um, you know, when you land on whatever, you know, tech publication and, and, and are getting out there. You're talking about yeah. social media and um, I, I just think about uh, an app like Twitter, right? Where sometimes you go under the trending topics and you'll find, uh, people have a hashtag of the trending topic and then their business. I don't know how mm. effective um, that is. Probably for the first couple of people who did that, it worked. But certainly now, uh, you know, one just scrolls very quickly uh, through those some of those posts because it, it feels a lot more like spam. But so, so there is mm. some thinking that has to go into it. There is some creativity that has to go into it. Yeah, so um, you know the, the the yeah the world is is cluttered and 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 there's a lot of we we absorb so much information. Sorry, Rapalang, and 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 um, yeah, you know I just think that you've got to you've got to try and look at what's unique about what you do, your skill sets, and and try and stand out. But um, but I I also think that you know you've got to be a you know you've got to be available to potential customers at the right place at the right time. So. As an example, you know, if you are, an, and and with building Sweep South, the first thing that we had to think about because a solution like this didn't exist, you know, as in using an app to book home services, we had to think about what are the ways that people would have looked for these services prior to us existing, and then how do we make sure that we're in front of that audience and, and advertising, you know, marketing what we do. Um, and so we used social media in in that way, but also sometimes it's just persistence, and and you know and hoping that the right person comes along, and and sees you know and and sees and and that sort of jumps out to them because they're looking for a solution like that, um, at the time. So there, there there sometimes is a little bit of a, a spray and pray involved as well, and, and probably <laughs> has to be combined with a number of strategies. Yeah, Rappelang, I'm going to give you a, a chance to also weigh in here. Uh, in a moment, we're going to take a quick break and then I want to see if I can't squeeze in a caller or two for the both of you. 086-000-2032. You've heard uh, what they've had to say about their journey. So much insights that they have also shared. Perhaps there's a follow-up question uh, you want to ask or just uh, engagement that, that you want to have. I will give room for that after this latest break. Kathy Mosasana on SAFM. 
You're still listening to the talking point, Aisha and Rapelang also uh, on the line. They're talking about their journeys as uh, entrepreneurs, particularly who've made uh, a significant, who've had a significant impact in the technology space. So Rapelang, you, you wanted to weigh in on this idea of uh, on this uh, question of creativity and how people go about then using platforms like social media to put their businesses out there. Yeah, I was really just an additional point on that where I've got a very good friend of mine who, you know, leveraged his deep love and passion for for, for the Cape Town lifestyle and wines and beautiful food to learn how to take photographs using his phone that are just so much more enticing than maybe what the average person um, does and has built a whole business around that. That was his entry point figuring out how to give people an angle and into, you know, this lifestyle that is just so much more appealing. And, and coming back, you know, to the hair example, it's like, similarly, why do we not have some kind of special effects, you know, videographer, photographer that's figured out how to make this look outstanding? I think that it really comes with, you know, deciding you, you love this thing and figuring out how you can package it for other people to love it as much as you do. Sure. What what gives you hope about this country um, and the possibility that can come out of um, this country? And I, I say this fully aware of the fact that the businesses that you're running are not just about South Africa, that they're, they're global businesses. It's, it's a tough time for hope, Kathy, but um, it's, it's still there. <laughs> I think South Africa is obviously going through a great deal of challenges now. But I think that especially when things are not going well, creates an opportunity and a space to say, hang on, guys, let's just actually scratch this and start over with how things are supposed to be done. Um, whether it's, you know, electricity or service delivery or within your running your own business, et cetera. Um, and I'm hoping that when we change or, you know, adopt that thinking of scrap this, let's do this better, we're able to tap into the technologies that are available today because there's there's so much greater efficiencies to be achieved. So many people who are not adequately served, whether it's healthcare or education or financial services, et cetera, we, there is so much need to, to still address um, and sometimes it takes us going to where things are not working to, to scrap that and uh, use better solutions that will actually help us meet the, the enormous demand, not just in South Africa, but this continent. The, the emerging middle class is, is, is going to be staggering in terms of numbers. And none of the traditional solutions that we have in our major industries is actually going to be sufficient. So um, I think that for young people, if you the next billionaires are definitely going to be created on this continent, just figuring out how you package and deliver services at scale for a significantly large audience. Rapela? Mm. Mm. I've, I've got the same question yeah. for you, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so maybe just, I mean, to, to, to add to what Rapalanga said, and I think, I, I think, um, you know, going back to that idea of seeing challenges as opportunities, I think what what I've always been hugely inspired by are young people in our country and how much we care. 
um, and and really want to be part of um, of of creating solutions and part of solutions that are that are impactful. You know, people are not angry about unemployment um, because you know and we shouldn't be because we want to sort of put our hands out and 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 just receive i think people really want to be part of contributing to to you know building and 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 building uh towards making our country better so so i think yeah just definitely you know echoing that i think in in challenges there there's always opportunity i think particularly for young people and where the world is changing so much i mean i'm i'm always so humbled and grateful by um you know the the teams that we work with um at sweep south and sort of you know just broader involvement within the tech ecosystem there's some really smart people out there and uh they're people who make me feel old because they just are so forward thinking and have you know really just grasped like the you know the latest technology and trends and and so i feel, i mean i i definitely i feel really excited about um, what I hope is our ability to to overcome our challenges um, mm. and and for people to build towards uh, solutions for those things. Uh, Rappelang, w- when we look at some of the the ideas often that are put forward is that, okay, uh, in order to fully take advantage of what technology can mean w- when it comes to solutions for the country, let's get everybody mm. to code. Let's get everybody to do robotics. Is that going to be the answer? Unfortunately, I do not believe so, Kathy. <laughs> um, and while it's <laughs> and and while it sounds like it's going in the right direction, um, it's it's far more important to get the foundations right. And and for me, the whole maths and science um, performance is 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 incredibly scary. Fundamentally, coding or software development is solving problems, and you have to have the basics of logic and reasoning and done. Otherwise, code is just you know a language you you just don't understand, um, and you can't fully leverage. So, for me, the biggest skills around critical thinking and creativity, and your foundational literacy and numeracy are far more influential in what people will be able to do and and how they create value in the future. But but, but um, Rappel, so we're, told that, we're told mm-hmm. that you, you don't actually need mm-hmm. good maths and science, that it can be taught to, you know, a, a six-year-old, that this is stuff mm-hmm. that we, we can all do, we can all code, we can all do robotics. <laughs> <laughs> what what everybody can do, Kathy, is you can use no code tools. And um, that's very different from actually coding from scratch. So now you can do lots of simple automations using tools without ever writing code. And yes, that everybody can do. And I think that will be that'll solve the issue for a good majority of people. But if you truly want to be a a, a, a really good software developer or data scientist you're going to have to get those things right. I, I don't see another way around it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find that very interesting because we know that there's so many projects now that are centered on coding and robotics as a solution to 
creating access to what the future of technology can mean for for this country. But, you know, I, I'm going to sort of rely on, on what you are saying, Rappelang, because you, you now can also be classified as an, as an expert in, in the field. Aisha, I'm going to give you the parting shot here. So, um, you know, I, I think um, it's also important to to sort of caution against being um, like cavalier or dismissive about the amount of work it takes to to scale businesses. Um, and so absolutely to start, you know, these tools are, are more accessible, more available than ever before. But I think... Um, you know, you, you still, you need those skills around asking the question, being able to break a solution down into smaller steps. Um, you need to, you know, to be able to try and think about what are the, the different elements of a marketplace that you're going to want to involve in your solution and how are you going to uh, connect with with all of those elements. So, you know, there, there is a lot of thinking that, that goes behind uh, starting a business and growing a business and sustaining a business. Um, you know, and I don't want to make it seem like it's easier than it is because it's incredibly hard, but incredibly rewarding. And I think one of the, the best things and sort of biggest joys of, of my own life and my own career has been this experience of having an idea and seeing the potential impact that it can create mm. and then being able to out of something in your mind build something tangible that um you know exists and that that is able to touch hundreds of thousands of lives and and i think that that's something that um you know all young south africans should have the 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 skills and the opportunity to do all right and and i think that's the key to using technology to to make our country and continent better Dr. Aisha Pando, co-founder and CEO of Sweep South, and Rapelang Rabana, founder and chair of Rekindle Learning. You want to know more about them? Please Google them. They're available on Google, and you can read a lot more about the incredible work that they have both done. Time for the latest news.